Hello everyone and welcome to Back of the Grid. My name is Chris Evans and I'm joined by Tom King. Hello. And just uh, Tom King, we're missing the stew unfortunately this week. Does that mean this week I get to be your one and only? Yeah, of course. You can I am sing your me. one and only. <laughs> oh, I feel so special. Two weeks in a row I get to say, I'm going to sing something every week. <laughs> what are you going to sing when all three of us are here? Um, we'll figure that out next week. Yeah, let me, let me work on that. Okay. We're here recording pretty much right after the US Grand Prix, um, which I think we've just about recovered from um, due to a slight scheduling change this week. Um, And I mean, it was a race like worthy of a title decider, even though it didn't actually decide the title. Yeah. Even though basically everyone assumed it If it had sealed the result, then it would have been a worthy race. Like it had the tension, didn't it? And everything that it needed just didn't quite go all the way but it extends the championship another race no. which is always a good thing yes oh, I mean mathematically but practically <laughs> not so much but we'll, we'll get to that um, I mean it was a phenomenal race though I, I honestly think that was probably my favourite race of the season um, maybe even my favourite race of the last few seasons I really enjoyed that one that one was much more of a strategist's race I think yes, which is definitely my cup of tea. Which yeah, it's but I say as I take a sip of, a cup of tea. <laughs> that is probably why I think you've got it up there. Yeah, um, whether it's one of the best ones I've seen in the last few years, I'm not hundred percent sure, but it's definitely a very good one. Yes, a very good one. Um, it was helped by Ferrari sort of having their pace back a little bit. Um, they arrived with a really intricate new floor. Um, but they also mm. reverted back to a lot of them. Um, pre-Singapore parts. I think they finally realised they'd just been going the wrong direction with development. Um, and it seemed to find them a lot of pace that they've been missing. Um, not that we'd have known on Friday, because it basically rained for the entire day. Um, which which I think worked out well for the race, because it meant we went to qualify in the race with almost no dry running, um, much higher temperatures. Uh, Pirelli had a last-minute change of tyre pressure, so there was like so many unknowns going into the race. Um, no one really knew what the tyres were going to do, how many pit stops it was going to be, um, which is quite a nice place to be because a lot of the time you go into a race, it's like, yeah, it's a one-stopper. It'll be in this window. That's how the race is going to pan out. Yeah, it it makes you wonder if you'd maybe change the way that free practice works a little bit. And You're not the first person I've seen say that. Like, it just it adds a little bit more spice to it when the teams know a little bit less about the potential scenarios and I think that maybe saying that FP1 maybe has to be meet certain criteria I don't know like maybe in FP1 they're only allowed to run the junior drive like one car from it but then again yeah possibly I say that and I can see why that would also be bad for people with weekend tickets at the circuit true it's like it's, it's a swings and roundabouts thing but being the true motorsport nerd that I am, I'd happily watch <laughs> the likes of Russell and Norris and Galil and people like that pound yeah. around all afternoon on Friday and be really content with that because I'd be watching that 
future talent, but it also mean a pretty extreme weekend for them of hopping in yeah. and out of the F2 car to do qualifying and then practice and then doing Plus, an F1 practice and then doing an F2 race and <laughs> it'd be interesting. <laughs> but then even then, that's the teams would still be day to gathering anyway. True. So even that might make that much of a difference. Bring um, back the Bernie sprinklers. Yeah, <laughs> just every race at uh, poor Ricard. Um, <laughs> We did get an incredibly close qualifying. Uh, Hamilton just pit fell to pole by six hundredths in the end. Um, although at that point we already knew uh, Vettel had a three-place grid penalty for uh, not slowing down for a red flag during practice, which was a such a silly penalty to get at this yeah. crucial point in the season. Um, again, saw a few people complaining about it that it's affecting the championship, but then it's such a a solid rule that's existed forever and exactly. everyone who's broken that rule for a very long time always gets a three-place penalty so it's it's a slam dunk I mean, thing you, you know the, the, yeah the things are there as safety measures for a reason um that's why we had virtual safety cars introduced to give us that borderline between yellow flags and a safety car because of and we we all know the the extent of what can happen if you're not obeying those red and yellow flags and things yeah. like that it's it can end potentially in a nasty way. Like obviously, it, you've got you can't really just say, "Oh, but in this scenario, it wasn't a car." I'm trying. No, you know what I mean? You can't. Not. You can't do that. A red a red flag or a yellow flag is a red flag or a yellow flag, and you have to adhere to those rules. Exactly. Yeah. And it, Sebastian knows that as well as anyone. Yup. And you know, people want consistency in the rules. I yeah. mean, there's your consistency. <laughs> Um, the biggest casualty of qualifying was uh, Verstappen, who uh, ran a little bit wide and hit some of the big new big curbs, um, which seemed to break part of his rear suspension, um, which then ultimately turned out he damaged. Um, I think his, I think it's like an axle and gearbox damage. Um, yeah, obviously, it, it, gearbox change uh, means grid penalties, so he dropped all the way back to 18th on the grid. I think it ragged the drive shaft out. Yeah. Which did a lot of internal damage by pulling the drive shaft through the gearbox and everything. Yeah, messy. Mm. Um, and then most crucially of all in qualifying, um, Kimi Raikkonen was the only person, well, the only one of the top teams to run the softest, uh, the super soft. Yeah, super soft. Yeah, trying what tires had this weekend uh, in Q two. Um, so he started the race on that um, as Ferrari sort of split their strategy, knowing that. Vettel's going to be a drop back. Um, he also managed to qualify Bottas, which meant he lined up on the front row next to Hamilton with a a better, grippier tyre. Um, and it worked. Um, he just absolutely nailed the start and took the lead into turn one. It was um, Hamilton had a slightly shaky start, which I think compounded the uh, issue. But uh, yeah, a little bit of wheel spin off the line. Yeah. I think combination of that. And um, just the whole factor of it's better to let him have that in turn one than risk it. Um, yeah, that was like that was one sensible... of many moments where Hamilton just played it. Yeah, <sighs> don't say it's safe's the right word, but just yeah, sensible is probably a better word for it. Like at, at that point, you've got fifty-five more, well, practically fifty-six more laps minus a corner yeah. to make up for that. Um, and the sensible thing to do is, like, he moved across, tried to cover his line, saw Kimi had the run, made sure he had a car's width, and then, you know, let him have the the apex, um, potentially hoping he got a bit deep and could get the switch back, which didn't yep. come. But ultimately, it's the smarter thing to do. Yeah, um, totally. And I think it's 
decisions like that that do help you in world titles. Well, yeah, I mean, someone who could probably uh, take note of that is Vettel. I mean, we've seen him being spun around on the first lap of several of the uh, most recent races, um, yep. and he happened again this time. Uh, Ricardo managed to get by him at the start. Um, Vettel tried to <clears throat> retake it, the place at the end of the big straight, but kind of outbreaks himself, which put them side by side. Uh, and they ended up making... not He wasn't like a massive contact, I don't think, but as always seems to happen, whenever Vettel makes side-by-side contact with someone, he always seems to come off worse. Um, yeah. Didn't quite drop him to the back this time. It was only 15th. Um, only. <laughs> yeah. It, it went down as a racing incident. Um I think that's probably fair. It comes um, back down to similar to what I've said about some of his other incidents where, you know, he's he's the one that's put himself in that position. He's the one that's made the move and ultimately absolutely. he's come worse off out of it. So it, it, had it yeah. been the other way around, maybe it wouldn't have gone that way. But it, it's just yet another example, I think, of, um, of like Vettel sort of not, keeping his head in these st- these stressful closing stages of a championship. Yeah, it's not like he went steaming in there and the move was never going to happen. Like The move was on, but it was risky. Yeah. And he just got a little bit of understeer, which could, is going to happen in that sort of situation. And yeah, it... But then little him. rears, which didn't help. Yeah. That's, that's, more, that's more where his mistake was made. Is yeah, just... Line up the rears, which just sent the thing round. Yeah, it's it's like is it something that he does in that situation that other drivers don't? Because he always seems to end up spun around any time he's sort of laterally kind of unstable like that. It's it's weird. Yeah, well, it is very similar to the incident at um, Monza, isn't it? With Lewis, yeah, very similar. Where him and Lewis came together, and he was the one that went round. Whereas normally you'd expect it to be that car that's been hitting the rear to go around um, yeah totally so maybe, yeah, maybe it's something to do with the way that he's, a, he's you know he's applying the power in the turns because it they're both sort of both incidents are kind of in moments where he's more than likely applying some power um yeah so it may be just the the ultimate torque that that is generating the amount of yeah maybe torque it's putting through the wheels is just maybe when they come a little unloaded in those scenarios that's it. They're just spinning up and round it goes. Yeah. Um, at which point we all said, well, that's it. Championship's over. Um, which didn't quite turn out to be uh, the truth, but we'll get there. Um, we also had a few other incidents in lap one. Uh, Stroll and Alonso came together through the S's. Um, I only saw one replay of that, but it looked a lot like Stroll just was very ambitious trying to get alongside someone in a place you can't really overtake um, and plowed inside the was He was moving down the inside on the curbs in a place where doing that, he's already compromised his lines. He's not going to get anything out of it. Yeah, it was And ultimately went straight into the side of Alonso. Yep. Um, Put Alonso out of the race, unfortunately. Um, Stroll got a drive-through for uh, causing that, which is probably accurate about right um, yeah. we also had Grosjean outbreak himself again at the end of the big straight uh, and plow into the clerk um, Grosjean retired about a lap after that from the damage um, and the clerk retired later on in the race I didn't see exactly why but I'm going to assume it was down to the damage sustained from that incident possibly um, yes I don't know if it was definitely that or not yeah I've not seen anything yet 
Um, interestingly, if the stewards decide Grosjean deserves penalty points for that, he could potentially be on for a race ban. Um, he needs three points for a ban, and this season people have generally getting two to three points, for instance, like that. So it could happen. Um, yeah. A lot of his points expire after Mexico, though, so this is kind of the one point where he could get that ban. Be interesting to see if that comes of it. Yeah, definitely. Do you know who the last driver to get a race ban was? Um, Grosjean after the incident in Spa. Yes, it was. <laughs> yes, it's it, he. He might be about to get banned as a result of the new rule that was brought in after his last ban. <laughs> yeah, love it. Uh... Um, among all that, Verstappen just like carved. His, I swear, Verstappen just cut a corner at some point because he was from. 18th to 9th by the end of lap 1 and he was 5th by lap 7 like, he just I'm looking forward to seeing an onboard of that because he just like scythed through everybody I mean it helped that you had Vettel facing backwards and Alonso and Grosjean in bits but even so yeah like um, there was a point before the race where people were talking to him and he was saying like you know, obviously they were asking him what they thought was a realistic target for him starting as far back. And it was the same, well, the engineers and stuff think sixth easy, but podium. It's like, well, that's that's ambitious, yeah. but he's done it. <laughs> so. Yeah. Well, yeah, if sixth was easy, he was fifth by lap seven. So, you know, it's not too bad. Yeah, that's, that's how easy sixth was. <laughs> <laughs> Kimi on his softer tyres, um, I mean, he was complaining about them within a few laps, but he managed to pull out quite a decent lead on Hamilton um, and it was looking in pretty good shape for him um, until we had uh, Ricardo's retirement on lap 9 um, which caused a virtual safety car um, it, his car just switched itself off basically they've said it's the same thing that happened to him in Bahrain where mid-corner the whole car just it turns off. It looked very similar to something that happened to Max a few races ago as well Yeah it did um, Was it Hungary actually? I think, I think in so, Hungary yeah. the same thing happened yeah. to him Yeah um, Ricardo was not best pleased. Apparently, he uh, put his fist through the wall in his mm. room um, in the paddock <laughs> after the race, as you may do in that situation. Um, it's a shame because he was looking in pretty good shape until that point. But uh, I thought you were going to say he was looking pretty good in his overalls <laughs> for some reason. I mean, he wasn't actually. <laughs> Don't know why. <laughs> actually, I was going to say it's. Like you saw that shot of him clearly with all this angry body language after, but you just can't take him seriously because he's dressed in overalls that make it look like he's wearing cowboy boots in a in a fancy <laughs> yeah, shirt. Yeah, like just walking around looking like he's dressed like a cowboy, but throwing a tantrum at the same time. Yeah, he's gone out of the race. It was just an odd, <laughs> odd scenario to see. <laughs> um, yeah, so that virtual safety car that we got for that—that that was kind of the very the interesting. I guess the turning point of how this race panned out. Um, by the time the VSC started, Raikkonen and Hamilton had already passed the pit entry, so they couldn't instantly take advantage. <clears throat> um, but Bottas uh, could have done and Mercedes chose not to. But crucially, Vettel very much could have taken advantage of that. Um, you know, he's already down the field. He's already lit up his tyres. So they probably weren't in great shape anyway. I was really surprised they didn't bring Vettel in at that point. I guess the only thing is maybe it was too early for them to one-stop from there. I think some of it potentially comes down to what tyres everyone had left because um, we know from the tyre choices made by Lewis and Mercedes, well, that their side of the garage anyway, we know from those choices later in the race that 
they only had certain new tyres left. So Yeah, that's true. I don't know what Ferrari's situation was at that point, but it could have been something very similar. Yeah, potentially. Um, so then by the time Hamilton and Raikkonen got around, the VSC was still there. Um, so Hamilton was told to do the opposite of Raikkonen, which Ferrari obviously told Raikkonen that was Hamilton's plan. And Raikkonen sort of did a cheeky, I'm going in the pits, oh, no, I'm not sort of manoeuvre to, to, I guess, try and trick Hamilton into staying out. Um, but yeah, we have a situation where Hamilton pitted to change from his soft tyres and Raikkonen stayed out on his super softs, which is probably the opposite of what you'd expect. Um, Ferrari said to Raikkonen, well, I think Raikkonen was probably like, why on earth has this happened? That seems like a terrible idea. Yeah. And Ferrari said that Hamilton was going to be two-stopping, which... I wasn't 100% convinced Hamilton would be two stopping at that point, to be honest with you. Yeah, it was it was on. The, the tyres could have potentially done it. Um, mm. I think the, the two factors that stopped it and turned it into what Ferrari were, were calling as the strategy was the increase in tyre pressure from Pirelli, the minimum tyre pressure before yeah. the race, and that combined with the earlier afternoon heat um, because obviously we were a lot earlier in the day for the race than we were for things like qualifying. Yeah. Um, so I think it was a lot hot, hotter on track with the hotter weather and the, hot, the different time of day. And that combined with slightly higher minimum pressures in the tyres just led to a little bit of a quicker wear and quicker blistering, which yeah. Ferrari probably were hoping for rather than predicting, but it did ultimately go that way for mm. them. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. So obviously, because it was under VSC conditions, Hamilton was able to pit and come out only eight seconds behind uh, Raikkonen, rather than the seventeen or eighteen. I think it normally would be to take a pit stop. I think. I think overall, um, the US, it's probably near a twenty, somewhere in that ballpark. Though probably yeah. is. Yeah. Um, he immediately just went after Raikkonen. He was catching him by almost a second a lap at one point. Um, and then we had a few laps of just the most amazing racing between the two of them. Um, Raikkonen on pretty knackered tyres by that point and Hamilton on fresh rubber. Um, and I mean, Kimi was just like, his positioning was perfect. His defensive driving was so good in that situation. Yeah, you can't fault it at all, can you really? Um, no. The, yeah, and I think... It's, it, it's a shame as well because... At one point, I thought, oh, this is all to try and bring Seb into play. But ultimately, I actually think that that wasn't Ferrari's plan. I actually think it was genuinely no. an attempt at race-winning strategy. And it's just because it's so... We're so used to, oh, they've left Kimi out to dry here to bring Seb into play. Yeah. That that's immediately what it looked like to us as spectators. Yeah, completely. And kudos to Ferrari and Kimi, really, for, for what they've yeah. ultimately pulled out of it. But, yeah, I, I was very annoyed at first think, seeing him having to do that and thinking, why have they not pitted him alongside Lewis? Um, yeah, it seemed like they'd completely yeah. messed it up. Um, I mean, but while they were dueling, it was allowing um, sort of everyone behind to catch up the front two, which kind of came into play uh, later in the race. Um but I think it was that few lap uh, 
stint of defending that Raikkonen did that ultimately ended up winning the race, I think, wasn't it? Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, Kimi finally pitted uh, lap 21. Uh, Verstappen followed him in a lap later, um, which kind of seemed to catch Mercedes off guard because by the time Bottas pitted, Verstappen had got out uh, ahead of him. Um, Vettel stayed out longer than anyone else, uh, let Raikkonen go sailing by. Um, Vettel, in fact, Vettel stayed out until basically halfway through the race, didn't he? Which... I wasn't sure he'd manage after the way he lit up those tyres on mm. lap one, but uh, yeah, he kept them alive just enough. Um, I did enjoy that we had a black and white flag for Van Dorn for running wide. Um, I don't remember the last time we actually saw someone given a black and white flag, um, which is a driving standards warning flag. If it helps, I get them all the time on Project Cars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and in the F1 game, I get them quite a lot as well. Uh, yeah, and that, and that. It's basically a that thing that you keep doing, stop it. Do it once more and you'll get a penalty. Yeah, the, the main reason I still know what a black and white flag means is how often I get them in racing games. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, turn three, black and white flag, stop cutting that corner. Like, come on. <laughs> um, yes, yeah, so after all that sort of shook out, we had uh, Hamilton in the lead by a good 17 or 18 seconds, um, at which point I still thought Ferrari of made an absolute hash of this. Um, but then it turned out Fry were right and Hamilton did need to two-stop um, as Hamilton's pace dropped off pretty dramatically as he started getting quite a lot of blistering. Um, by the time he finally pitted on lap 38, uh, the gap was down to like seven or eight seconds ahead of Kimi. Um, so when he did pit, he came out fourth behind Räikkönen, Verstappen and Bottas um, with 18 laps to go. Um do you think they should have pitted him earlier? Like at one point, the gap um, was 17 seconds. And I think if he pitted, then he would have come out third at best, maybe second. I think given hindsight, he could have maybe gotten out in front of Max. But I do think that if he was struggling to get past Max, he would have never got past Kimi. Um, yeah, so I don't think it would have made a huge amount of difference and with Seb's ultimate finishing position it wouldn't have mattered if he was second or third um, so I think given given the power of hindsight it wouldn't have made a huge amount of difference and it'd have maybe gained three extra points by getting second from yeah. Max uh, but that's probably the best yeah. just because of the way that they were they were just a, they were slower than him, but they were just fast enough to keep ahead of him. It is the ultimate they were crux of the situation. Sort of between a rock and a hard place at that point, really, weren't they? They yeah. whatever they did, they were going to be not putting themselves in the most ideal position. Yeah, I think I think with the tire life that he will have consequently had by pitting later that was probably his best opportunity to use those really fresh softs. Um, ideally, you'd have wanted to see him on super softs, maybe even ultras, but they didn't have any new sets of those left. Yeah. Ultra had one set of new softs, and that was all they had for him. So I think that was part of it, uh, which is probably why they ultimately wanted to one-stop, because they yeah, knew probably. that all they could swap to is another set of softs. Um, but then that comes back to maybe... The Ferrari strategy was actually the better one, and pitting under the VCS, I always say VCS, VSC, <laughs> was ultimately the wrong choice, and that was the bad strategy call, not when they pitted him later on, the fact that they actually bit and went for the pit stop yeah. under the virtual safety car. But 
sitting there watching it, we were all saying, oh, they should be pitting now. Why is nobody pitting? Yeah, totally. And ultimately, for once, Ferrari have got the decision spot on. And we've been left looking a little silly. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I mean, all Probably of that. Maybe the other way around. Yeah. And it's all, well, partially at least the result of them, no one knowing how long any of the tyres would last either, isn't it? It's Yeah, that's part of it for definite. It's yeah. added such a, a fun element to it. Um, yeah, so Hamilton didn't take much time to catch it with Verstappen, um, who was in turn catching it with Raikkonen. Um, although we've before any of that happened, Vettel suddenly found a load of pace and got right on the back of Bottas. Although I think that was partially down to Bottas seeming to really struggle for pace. He didn't have the best day, did he, Bottas? Um, he tried. Not he tried really. to. He tried to one stop, and they just couldn't make it work. Basically, yeah, and that combined with what was it? There were two different scenarios where he basically had to just let Lewis through. Yeah, from a positional point of view. So, which however you do it, you're going to lose time. Yeah. Um, yeah so Hamilton finally got a chance to have a proper go at Verstappen on uh, lap 54 a few laps from the end Um, it didn't really look like he was going to pull it off but then Verstappen had a really bad exit from the uh, sort of I won't say hairpin but it's not really a hairpin is it that corner at the end of the main straight it's like more than 90 Um, degrees but it's not exactly a hairpin yeah Um, and we had some real good side by side racing for a few corners uh, including the corner that Vettel and Ricardo went side by side and uh, managed to have contact, but there's no contact this time. Um, ultimately, ended the um, the reverse turn eight, as we like to call it. Uh, Hamilton trying to go on the outside. It looked like he was going to pull it off at one point, but there's so many marvels out there by that point in the race. He just sort of washed out wide. Um, slightly yeah. reminiscent of uh, Rosberg washing out there a few years ago to lose the championship, actually. It. It was a shame as well because the the sort of switchbacks underneath uh, that Lewis pulled off to get himself in that position, the quality of of that driving, yeah, deserved a little bit better. And it's just a little bit of a shame that um, that he did wash out like that deserved to kind of carry on round there if he'd have been able to. It would have been nice, yeah. Outside. Just more, just incredible racing though. We've been. Um, yeah. Spoiled today in terms of proper side by side stuff. Um, although ultimately, whether he'd have passed Verstappen or not didn't make a difference because Vettel uh, managed to get Bottas on the next lap to take fourth. So second would not have been enough for Hamilton to take the title. Um, yeah. yeah. So after all of us, all that time of us saying, oh God, Ferrari have done a Ferrari again and completely messed it up, it turned out they'd played the whole thing perfectly. Um, and and Kimi won a race, which I did not think we'd get to say this year. Um, and I think every single person in the paddock was happy for him. And and I include most of the people in Mercedes in that. Like, yeah, um, it's <laughs> if you're going to lose a race to anyone, yeah, it's usually it's usually a Finn that you're happy to lose it to. <laughs> it really is. Whether yeah. it's Bottas or Kimi, it's like you're happy to. I remember Kovalainen, you know, when Kovalainen was yeah, same thing. Uh, places like McLaren, like you just, I don't know what it is about the Finns in motorsport. You just you're happy to see them do well, no matter where you're from or who you support. <laughs> um, Kimi's now set the record for the most races between wins at 112. Um, it's been 2044 days since his last win. <laughs> Uh, which wow. was for Lotus in 2014 or 15, I think it was. It's a long, it long time was ago. The 2014 Australian Grand Prix, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Because wasn't that 
Wasn't that the year where he technically won two back to back because he won Abu Dhabi yes, for Lotus, it was. then won Australia for Lotus, and we all thought, oh, maybe Lotus can actually have a championship uh, with Kimi in the car, yeah. attack this year, and it's never happened. Nil pois. Um, <laughs> More vintage Kimi radio. You'll have to get the the bleeper ready. Um, but when they told him he'd won, he said, "You said thank you, f-ing finally," <laughs> which I very much enjoyed. Um, even though after the race he was like, "Yeah, I guess it's all right." I mean, it feels a bit better than second. <laughs> it's I the like, thing is, it like part of the effing finally thing. It, I can't tell if like that's completely to do with. It's been so long, and partly to do with you finally let me win something instead of using yeah. me to try and help Seb. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I can't quite work out the exact um, tone of it yet, but no. maybe he's a little bit of both. I also liked, um, I think it was someone from Sky interviewing him in the pen afterwards that was like, uh, you finally won another race, that, that champagne must taste really sweet today. And he was like, it tastes like the same as the second and third, to be honest, I'm pretty sure it's the same stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I did not hear that. That was brilliant. <laughs> yeah, it was really good. <laughs> um, so after all that, the title race actually does technically stay alive. Um, but Vettel now has to win every single race to win the championship. Um, and meanwhile, he needs to DNF most of them, doesn't he? Yes, a seventh place in Mexico is all he needs to uh, wrap up the title. So Is that not very reminiscent of last time he won it in It's pretty Mexico? similar, yeah. He needed something like a sixth or a seventh then. Yeah. Um, do we think he actually could have won the title today had they approached this race differently? Um, I mean, well, Vettel, Vettel tried Seb his hardest. <laughs> yeah. It, like, um, let's... Everything was there let's for imagine them. Vettel messed up qualifying. Let's, let's do alternate race strategy. Let's do alternate race strategy. Okay. If Lewis had not been pitted when he was and stayed out and pitted at the same time as Kimi to stay ahead of him and keep track position, mm-hmm. then probably yes, because Bottas wouldn't have been slowed down letting him through, which means it's less likely Vettel would have caught him to take fourth, which means ultimately it would have been a first for Lewis, second at very worst if Kimi had really pulled something out of the bag and Seb would have probably struggled to get anything better than fifth. So I'd say given a different pit strategy and not pitting under the virtual safety car, yes, he could have won it today. Yeah, I, I agree. But I mean, as we've said, hindsight is is real good, but uh <laughs> not I mean I'm the king of the hindsight. Yeah. I don't think anyone Mercedes looked too concerned though. I mean Lewis was mostly just saying how much he enjoyed that race and he wishes he could have races like that more often where he's actually having wheel to wheel battles with people. But Lewis said that. Yeah. He was. He That's was, good to hear. He was absolutely buzzing when in the interview I saw after the race. He was like, you know, championship. It it is what it is. We've still gained some points, but that was just a really, really good fun race. And I wish I'd have had a few more laps to try and chase down the guys ahead, which is nice. Yeah, it's um, good. That. I think well, that's all that coming, was going that on. is partly coming from someone that knows that they've pretty much won the title. Though. That probably helps, yeah. <laughs> he knows that he's basically going to get it in Mexico unless things go really badly for him. Mm. Um, you wouldn't think so watching the TV, but there were more than five cars in that race. Um, there was pretty much a race-long battle between Hulkenberg, Sainz, Ocon, Magnussen, and Perez. Um, 
they were just battling away. We saw like glimpses of it, um, but Hulk um, eventually held on to that um, ahead of signs, which gave gave Renault lots of points, which they desperately needed because they've had a pretty poor run. I think this is Hulkenberg's first point since Singapore, um, and he's managed to finish uh, best of the rest there, um, which jumps them. They've got a pretty solid fourth in the uh, constructors now, which um, they had a lot of people snapping their heels, but they're looking a lot, a lot safer in the constructors after that. Um, yeah. We also have heard after the race that Ocon and Force India have been called to the stewards. Um, they've supposedly uh, exceeded the fuel flow limit on the just on the first lap of the race. Weirdly. Um, but I mean, the fact that that they are FIA sensors that measure these things, it sounds like it's probably a slam dunk. That's definitely a thing that's happened. Um, so unless that can prove otherwise, there's a good chance we're going to have Ocon uh, disqualified, unfortunately for him. Um, he managed to finish uh, eighth just behind the two Renaults. So we may see uh, Force India losing that place. Um, and I think... A time of recording, that's all the other newsy bits that have turned up. Um, but I don't doubt that uh, in the sort of day between us recording this and the podcast going live, lots of other things will happen. Oh, tell a light, some new news has just popped up. Um, Magnuson <laughs> is also under investigation for using more fuel than is allowed. So hopefully they'll counter themselves and they'll stay ninth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hopefully. So we're potentially going to see a penalty or a disqualification for Magnussen as well. So oh dear. by the time you listen to this, the entire race result might have changed. We'll have to wait and see. Um, but we'll worry about that when we come to it. I guess that leads us on to driver of the day, for which there's quite a few, I would say, this week. Yeah, it's tough. Um, I think... Your front runners are obvious candidates. There's Kimi and Max. It's probably between the two. I've not seen who won the official one yet. Uh, neither have I, actually. I'm going to assume it's Max. Yeah, driving through most of the field to finish second is pretty yeah. impressive. And whenever Max does something like that... Um, yeah. It's <laughs> it's a slam dunk for him to win pretty it, usually, much, yeah. isn't it? Pretty much all of Holland votes for him. So Yeah, I'd, part of me wants to give it to Kimmy just because it's nice to see him finally win, but I think Max is probably the more deserving one. As you say, 18th second is a phenomenal drive. Kimmy's got the satisfaction of a race win. Yes, yeah, so we'll give drive of the day to Verstappen. That seems fair. Um, <laughs> move of the day. Oof, um... To, to be honest, it's for me, I think it might well be Raikkonen's defensive play against Lewis. Yeah, I was going to say, like, all the really good stuff didn't actually result in position changes. Yeah, but that ultimately won him a race, in theory. Yeah, completely. Yeah, I think that side-by-side stuff where he managed to keep Hamilton at bay was, yeah, just top-row stuff. I'm, I'm happy to go with that. A move of the day that resulted in the status quo. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay, we'll give Kimmy that one. Um, and finally, honestly, what the f- are we doing here? I mean, quite a few for this one as well. There's probably two different Vettel nominations you can do: his silly penalty and his spinning on lap one yet again. Yeah. The, as soon as he p- 
perform the pirouette. Hmm. Um, I was instantly thinking, well, that's my WTF for this week, sorted. I think um, I'm leaning more towards Stroll taking Alonso out, to be honest, because... Yeah, that's silly. It was just... just never in a million years was that move going to work. Um, the Grosjean one was... He just outbreaks himself, it happens, but I think for Stroll, it was like he chose to put his car in that position, <laughs> which anybody watching that would tell him that it's never going to work. Yeah, I can't think of much else to put in there really, other than that. Let's go. Let's go strolling. Yeah, I'm happy with that. Cool, cool. Um, anything else from the race you want to bring up before we do a little bit of inbox? Um, oh, actually, yeah, another WTF. This, this was. Yeah, this is my real WTF. Actually, <laughs> I've thought of another one. Meow, meow. What was that? Meow. What? Who was that? Was that? What was that? In the, just in the middle so of weird. commentary, somebody somehow got a mic that's connected to the live feed and going, yum, yum, over the top of the commentary. Brilliantly hilarious, but also at the same time, like, ridiculously embarrassing and and a downer for the sports integrity, really. I just can't some guy to do that. fathom, yeah, I just can't fathom where that was coming from. Had someone just left a mic on somewhere, or <laughs> who's picking it up and making fake Formula One cars? Just baffling, absolutely baffling. Yeah. On that note, should we do some inbox? Yeah. <laughs> do some inbox box box. Yes. Box 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 box. Unless Kimmy's not doing it, then in which case, yeah, <laughs> do the opposite of Kimmy. Uh, that's life say um, Hamilton's second pit stop was left seemingly quite late, especially when he was losing time to the Kimi and Max, like the Kimi. Um, if they'd brought him in 10 laps earlier, he would still have had fresh tyres and Kimi and would have come out of the pits ahead, Max in second, which, yeah, I think, yeah, probably. I mean, as we said, hindsight's really easy to say these things, but um, I think he'd have definitely had a better shot if he'd pitted then, but Ultimately, I think I agree with you, Tom, that the race result itself maybe wouldn't have ended up changing. Yeah, I was going to say, we've kind of inadvertently covered this question yeah. a little <laughs> bit in what we were saying before, but um, yeah, I don't think it made a huge amount of difference. At the time, there was a point where he was obviously going slower to save the tyres um, Yeah, when he had a big gap, and I worked it out that he was sort of scrubbing around half a second to three quarters of a second off his lap time in order to save the tyres. But there were, I can't remember how many laps it was now. It was something like 26 laps left. So at that rate, he would have lost about 23 seconds or something. But then he'd have easily lost at least 20 during a pit stop. So it was like, that's where it was in the balance. And it was like, I think they were just trying to weigh up whether preserving the tyres and going slower would lose more or less time than um, than the, the time of a pit stop. And I think at that point, when they, they saw a crossover, when he was doing something like 1 minute 40s and maybe even touching 1 minute 41s, and at that point, it was like, right, that's, that's far too slow at this yeah. point. And that was the crossover point where they decided, let's just get him in. Um, and then he went back and started pounding around at 137s to catch the leaders back up. So... Ultimately, I don't think it had made a huge amount of difference either way, but that's that's where the crossover point was, and I can see why they left him to that point, at least. Yeah, definitely. 
Uh, That's Life also said uh, a question from Dave. Have Ferrari fired the wrong driver? (laughs) (laughs) Potentially. (laughs) Based on the sort of most recent five or six races, you'd say they probably have. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It's, I don't know. I've, I've been fairly critical of Kimi over the last season or two, but after today, I'm actually quite glad he's still going to be around next year. <laughs> the thing is with Kimmy, it's that factor that he's he's too not too much of too much of is the wrong word. Like he's too nice in the sense that he will just take that second driver role and he will happily play second fiddle to someone like Seb running for a title. Um, and because he does that from race one. Yeah. Or even if he's not happy about it, he doesn't make a big deal of it. Yeah. And because he doesn't, because he, he accepts it from race one of the season, he ends up in these positions where he finds form and can win races. And because he's had other races compromised, he's nowhere near the title fight now. Um, yeah. Whereas if he had not had other races compromised, who knows, he could have, going into these last few races, he could have been in a position to at least attempt to close Lewis down. Yeah, possibly. Potentially. I mean, I think he was that same interview after the race where they sort of, you know, said, you know, saying, does it feel good to be winning again? And he kind of says something like, well, you know, I've, I've won races, I've won a championship. So it's always nice, but it's not like I've been desperately trying to get one, you know, or I, I think, I honestly yeah, think he just... It's almost like he's happy that he's Yeah, he just enjoys... Yeah, he just enjoys being there racing cars. Like, I don't think he has this pressure on himself to do certain things like other drivers do. Like, yeah, he turn he's he's won races, he's won a championship. He's a happy man. Make, just keep sticking him in a car and letting him drive exactly. around. Exactly, and that Sunday. that makes the Sauber move make even more sense. It does, yeah, because he totally. is just happy to be performing to the best of his ability. Yeah, totally. In, a motorsport that's at the high level and it's it's kind of like he knows he's going to have to make sacrifices for somebody else in the team and he's all right with that because he knows that on his day when he's given the opportunity like today he will go win that race yeah of course and i think maybe that's the satisfaction that he's got is he knows he can do it he's just almost choosing not to to help his teammate and he's proven that uh, he's 39 now i think he can he can still do it he's still got the goods um, I believe you have a few emails. Yeah, we got a few actually um, in relation to last week's discussion about um, spicing up boring race weekends that came from the Lewis Hamilton comment ah, okay. when me and Stu were throwing ideas around last week. Yes. Um, and we got a few emails in regarding that, so I'm just going to quickly go through those, to be honest. Uh, we got one from Hulk Hulkenberg saying... Oh, it's a would you rather actually this one? Would you rather be a GP3 driver with a potential F1 seat in Willi- at Williams but would never progress, or never drive in F1 but win another major championship like Formula E? Love the show, by the way. This is not the Hulk. <laughs> that's what it says. <laughs> <laughs> mm, that's a tricky one. Um... It's know, not even a guaranteed seat in Williams. It's a potential seat in Williams. Actually, yeah, for potential seat, I'd, I'd take your Formula E championship. Uh, yeah, Formula E every day for that. Yeah. It's if it was a guaranteed d- F1 seat, that might be slightly different. But Yeah, 
but not not for a potential F1 seat. No. And I've not even got as far as F2 at this point. I'm going FE. <laughs> I'm going FE. Uh, yeah. We got another one from someone naming themselves Still Gonna Send It. Uh, <laughs> to expand on the reverse track idea for Hamilton's Super Wacky Weekend, a cure for boring tracks is what if qualifying was in one direction of a track and the race is in the other? <laughs> Practices could then be split in different directions. So P1 is clockwise, P2 is counter, P3 is clockwise, and then split up the directions in Q1, 2, and 3. So everyone's head would be so spun round by the end that you'd have to be Leclerc in order to make it through to the end. <laughs> and I love, I, that little like Leclerc. That. I love that little Leclerc reference on the end. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> yeah, I quite, I quite like that. That's a good idea. Well, it, it's interesting that you say that because Dunk the Monkfish also sent in a very similar idea uh, saying, good morning, gents. Been listening to the podcast uh, and was inspired by your reverse track idea suggestion. Um, I think they should introduce reverse tracks into the qualifying format. Keep quality at three sessions where the first session is reversed to decide a top 10 <laughs> and a bottom no 10. Then with the two shootouts where the top 10 fight for first to 10th and the bottom 10 fight for 11th to 20th and then it's obviously just kind of a standard shootout in those two that's weird that two people have come up with the same thing basically exactly and for the anti-clockwise running make the teams run on the medium or the hard tire compound then for the actual shootouts make them run on the soft tires then for race day they can do whatever they want so no more requirement that they have to start with what they qualified on um, that's good and this and then just saying that this could lead to drivers being out of position because they can't get the harder tire to warm up but not so out of position that their race ends up completely ruined uh, <laughs> and it would also ensure that all the cars get equal running and equal coverage of sponsors and stuff which McLaren and Williams would probably approve of because all the cars would run at least two sessions um, and there would also need to be a change in practice so FP1 and FP3 are the right way around and FP2 is the other way around. So that is very, very similar yeah. idea. <laughs> There's some, there's some so, good stuff in there. I like that. I'm glad we can inspire people to send yeah. these emails in at least. I like that. I'd like more of those, more reinventing F1, please. Yeah, definitely. Uh, any more? No, that is it for, for the inbox, box, box of the <clears throat> inbox. Cool. Um, I guess we should cover uh, predictions then. Um, yeah, a touchy subject. Do you want to take us through predictions? <laughs> I can do. It's a very touchy subject. Um because, yeah, we're in a slightly tricky well, position here, aren't we? It, it, as this moment stands, I will give you the results as they are, um, just because of what you mentioned earlier. Um, there's somebody who is probably going to be very upset by Lewis Hamilton's um, pit strategy, uh, mm-hmm. and that is Mitchell Brown, who had four points, um, and the <sighs> only thing he didn't get right was Lewis being the winner. Um, oh no so yeah he's probably an unhappy person right now so you got Lewis's fastest qualifier and Alonso is first DNF which I didn't realise anyone had gone for he's the only person to go for that um, got the number of finishes at 16 and as it stands got Kevin Magnussen right in ninth. Um quite a lot of people went with ninth, actually including myself um, so I'm going to be very upset if that changes Um Maybe we should decide what we do with it, Chris. <laughs> yeah. Um, tricky. <laughs> we'll have to see what the result of the thing is. and it Yeah, will... let's... At, at, the, at this point in time, obviously we take these results as they are. If in the next few days 
results change will will convene before the next episode i guess and figure out exactly how we're going to apply that yeah that is probably the best thing to do um literally the only person who um got the winner right was uh narayan hamari who went with kimmy um the only person of 50 plus people to have gone for that (laughs) so well done on that's impressive sticking your neck out there yeah, um, and I can see also somebody else who scored zero points, but I think it's worth a mention. One is a loyal supporter of the show, and two, just because this must be frustrating as heck, is Kimi Raikkonen on pole, Lewis Hamilton for win, wrong oh. way around. Lance Stroller's first DNF, he took out Alonso, oh. and yeah. Kevin Magnussen in eleventh. That depending on what penalties he gets, that could come out as well. Oh, no. It's like Anders Varda, oh. It's such a that's, that's like so that's close. It's untrue. It's really unfortunate. Um, I I basically got Lewis a ninth. Um, Stu got Lewis and sixteen finishes, and Chris, you got the same Lewis and sixteen finishes. Um, yep. Craig Mitchell, Austin Kavanagh, Dominic Poole, and Tom Mayhew, and the fifty six West all said Lewis Hamilton with sixteen finishes and Magnussen in ninth. So they're all tied in second this week in front of between me and Mitchell Brown in the lead. Um. Uh, so overall, for the standings as they are right now, Oleg Sidorov leads the way on twenty-eight point five. Dominic Poole is in second on twenty-five point five, and then Henrik Lindoff is in third on twenty-five exactly. But quite a few people closing in on there with just a yeah, few it's races really tight to go. at the top. Um, Stu is in eighth on twenty-one. I am on. F- in 15th on 19 and Chris you continue to claw your way back I think you're on 35th place now with 12 and a half um crucially as well me and Dat's life scored the same points again this week so I believe they remain one point ahead of me in our little mini championship tense tense yes um and speaking of predictions I, we've got a back-to-back weekend so yeah I'd forgot about that me too <laughs> yeah Mexico next weekend. Uh, we should do some predictions for them. Yeah. Um, we'll have to get Stu to enter his afterwards, but me and you can still do them. Uh, who wants to go first? Um, you, because you always copy me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, okay. So fastest in Q3. Um, last year it was Vettel and Paul um, ahead of Verstappen and Hamilton. The Red Bulls are definitely going to be up there, I think, this weekend. Um, yeah. It definitely suits them. The high altitude works in their favour, doesn't it? Less engine dependent and their aero advantages don't hold them back as much. So um, two things that work heavily in their favour. I'm going to say Vettel for pole, I think. Do you know what? Considering ridiculous form recently, I'm going to say Kimi Raikkonen. Why not? Why not? Nice. I was I was half tempted by that. Um, but who's going to win? Um, Last year, of course, it was Verstappen after him, Hamilton, and Vettel all came together I know, in turn two. I know what I want to say, but I don't think it'll happen just given recent luck. Uh, I wanted to say Ricardo, but I'm going to say Max again. I'm going to go with Max. I You're thinking exactly the same as me. I had the same thought process. I w- I'd like it to be Ricardo, but... Verstappen just seems to be on a bit of a bit of a roll at the moment. Um, first DNF um, last year it was Ricardo, um, which which fits what we are going for. 
And this year it will be Ricardo. Um, <laughs> this year, I think it's going to be someone like... Um, I think it's going to be someone fairly towards the front. Let's go for... Let's go for Ocon. Ooh. It's, I think it's going to be like a high qualifying like Force India or Haas or something. It's, it's going to be pinched in turn one or two. So I'm going for. How about you? I'm going to... <laughs> I don't know why I'm doing this because this is just mental, but we've seen <laughs> crazier things. Sebastian. Ooh, okay. You think the champion's going to be over? Well, like that. after what we've seen this weekend... <laughs> yeah, going that's with true. going with Kimmy up there, Max up there, and then Vettel doing something silly. That's not that far fetched. Just, <laughs> although at the start of the season, you'd have called me an idiot for that. But given recent <laughs> form, <laughs> um, number of finishes. I think it's your turn. Um, what was it last year? Fifteen last year. Um, 16 and 17 seems to be the magic number this year. But... Yeah, I think I'm going to go 16. Just because I was stung by not going for that this weekend. I think oh, we, we, we're ends up with half the same predictions here, but I was also thinking 16. <laughs> it just feels it right. Just, yeah, it's the easiest one to go for. It is, it's true. Oh, now random driver, this is interesting. Go on. We've only got two random drivers left, and one of them opens the door for a five out of five, so we'll see which of the ones we get. Go. It is indeed, and it's Lewis Hamilton. Oh, that's so hard. (laughs) Yes, it is, especially as neither of us have predicted him for the win. Second. No, no, I've done it now. I've done it. I've done it. You're sticking with it? Yeah, I I can't tinker. No tinkering. Although I wish I'd third. That's what I'm thinking. If you get the point, just now, I'm going to be so upset. Do you know the myself. funny? Do you know the funny thing is, I was thinking second, and when you said second, I'm like, I can't copy him again, so I'm going to have third. So we've actually gone with the, each other's predictions at this point. Hmm. Okay, that's that's a weird set of predictions we've got there, but we'll see. Then it, I mean, given the race we had today, who knows what's going to happen. Um, if you want to get involved, as always, you can submit your predictions at backofthegrid.com. There is a prize every week for anyone who can get a clean sweep. And if you're ever going to do it, I think this is the week to do it. Um, and obviously, there's also a prize for our season champion, uh, which still could be one of several people, actually. Um, there's also the Fantasy League on f1.com. Just search for Back of the Grid F1 podcast and you'll find us. Uh, I've not checked it today. I'm slightly terrified of how my team has done. <laughs> um, don't also forget to like share and subscribe wherever you get the podcast and talk to us uh, you can find us on twitter at back of the grid f1 we're on facebook just search back of the grid uh, same on instagram uh, and the website as i mentioned is back of the grid.com and i think that will uh, do it for us this week um we thought we'd be crowning champion we've had to put that off for a, a week but uh we'll speak to you in a week's time and uh probably be celebrating Hamilton's fifth title. Probably. But we'll see. Uh, but until then, thanks for listening and goodbye. Goodbye. Meow. This podcast is part of Brit Pot Scene, 
an independent network of uniquely British podcasts that's always growing. Check out BritPodScene.com or BritPodScene on Twitter to find out more.